Good morning. Uh, my name is Heath. I'm the lead pastor here at Reach. And today uh, we're going to take a look into Proverbs. Uh, if you've been familiar with Proverbs, it's a great place to get wisdom, which is technically what we're going to be, or specifically what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Proverbs 4, 5 says, get wisdom. There's a lot of things that we have done in our life that we wish on the opposite end of that, that we would have handled um, the situation a little bit better, that we would have used wisdom in. Those that have survived their teenage years, there's lots of those moments where we go, we weren't very wise, and we're grateful to still be alive. So we're all looking for wisdom. Wisdom defined, if you go online just to look at it, says the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Uh, the word wisdom in Hebrew, I'm going to spell it to you and I'm going to do my best to pronounce it. I listened to it a couple of times, but you can look it up later. But it's spelled K-H-O-K-H-M-A-H. Kamal, and I just messed that up. There's no L at the end of that. Um, but you can look that up later. I, I did better first, sir. I promise. Uh, but that word, and the reason why it's important to know when you want to know that we're talking about the same thing. So when they're talking about wisdom, it literally means a skill or applied knowledge. Wisdom is not just understanding. It's just not like, oh, I know this. Like, oh, I'm, ki- I'm I, you know, I'm, I'm killing Jeopardy. Like, I know all the answers. I have all of this knowledge. The wisdom that we're talking about today is meant to be walked out. It's meant to be lived Every day, it's meant to be learned and applied to our lives, not just having that information. So the tension that we have is that we've seen the results of getting it wrong. We've seen the results of not using wisdom. We've seen the results of having the wisdom in here, knowing like husbands. I don't know how Valentine's went for you. But there's some wisdom that we probably could have used a little better beforehand that on the opposite end of you're like you're like inside. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then you don't do it. And the opposite end of that, you're like, oh, I should have done it. That's wisdom. Having this knowledge and not using it is not the wisdom that we're talking about today. Knowing and walking it out is what we're looking at. So I want to pray for us. That we would understand the benefit of walking out wisdom. Because if we don't understand that, we won't walk out wisdom. We won't walk out what's actually going on. Like, we'll see it, we'll go, yes, that is the truth, but literally walking out. So let's pray. Dearly Father, it is by your grace and mercy that we have the capacity to walk out wisdom. So today, as we hear your Word, as we hear what you have spoken for generations to your people, I pray that we would not only hear it, that we would not only understand it, that it would not only convict us to do something, but Lord, that we would have the faithfulness to walk out wisdom. Lord, I pray that we would be people that are on the hunt for wisdom that comes from you. And that in that, Lord, we would walk out the truth that we would bring glory to your name, that we would honor you, and ultimately we would experience joy in that. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. See, we do not have to choose 
between eternal happiness and God's glory. Now, we may have to choose from temporal happiness, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I think, in my word, I think happiness is the ugliest of words. It's a word that's fickle. It's a word that really doesn't have any concrete meaning because happiness is usually related to something. Like, I'm happy if. Like, your wife may be happy because she got flowers and candy on Valentine's Day or you did something real sweet. That happiness is usually connected to something. I'm going to be happy if I make more money. I'm going to be happy if fill in the blank. Happiness is connected to something. The problem with that is typically when we get that, we, we're not really, it's not, it doesn't really satisfy us. I mean, like for me, middle school, I'm going to date myself a little bit. Anybody have a Sega Genesis? Oh man, I, I was, that Christmas, I was waiting for Sonic the Hedgehog and Sega Genesis. And I really thought like, my world was going to be complete with Sega Genesis, and it didn't. You know what? I'm not, it's, not a tra- it's not a prized possession in our house. It never made it into my married life. But at, at that time, I thought, man, if I have this thing, that's the dilemma. So a lot of times we will sacrifice willingly this illusion of happiness for God's glory and our ultimate joy. Mark eight thirty four through 35, and we studied this a couple of weeks ago. It's Jesus, in verse 34, he's calling a crowd to him with his disciples, and he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. So we give away this temporal thing for this eternal thing. And that's what wisdom is. That's what we're going to see all throughout Proverbs is this understanding that we're, we're not only sacrificing something, an illusion, I believe, for something greater, some joy that's past that. Jesus put it this way in Hebrews, or Paul talking about Jesus in Hebrews 12, 2, it says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus chose for the temporal to suffer on the cross because he understood what it what would be the result of it? And this is partly what wisdom is calling us to do, to sacrifice some things for the now that may bring fleeting moments of happiness for this eternal joy, for this eternal um, life of choosing and walking out what God has for us. Romans eight eighteen says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. This is Paul in prison, right? I mean, maybe he knew this or didn't know this, but he was heading to an execution. And he's saying, uh, so this isn't like somebody in their comfortable couch watching Netflix all day going, this present suffering, this is someone in prison For the cause of Christ, saying that the suffering of this present time aren't worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. He he has sight for what's to come. 
Psalm 1611, talking about true joy and pleasure. It says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is the wisdom that he's telling us to. In his presence, where we're going to be whole and complete, where we're going to be known, where we're going to choose a life that has not only value, but has purpose. Proverbs 19.8 says, Whoever gets sense loves his own soul. Whoever gets wisdom loves himself. You doing this, understanding, pursuing, fighting for, walking out wisdom, is clearly choosing to love yourself. Now, the opposite of that, we've chosen at times to ignore sense and do other things. And the the joy of the Internet is you get to watch it all. I mean, literally, you can go on right now. Don't do this. Why I'm speaking. And there will be video after video who of people that have chose poorly. And it brings us joy. I mean, maybe it shouldn't. I mean, they weren't injured real bad. But they chose, they're like, you know, as somebody told me at the end of service, it's like, you know, what, what, what are the, um, the last words of a redneck or something? I guess it was a joke. Yeah, yeah, watch this. Hey, guys. I mean, how many of our lives are like, hey, look at this. And we ignore wisdom. Wisdom is not putting yourself, you know, pouring gasoline on yourself and seeing if you can outrun the flame. Wisdom is not doing some of these things that we do, but we... Do it. So whoever has sense loves his own self, loves his own soul. Proverbs 3.13 says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. Another translation says, Happy is the one who finds wisdom. And the one who gets understanding. Blessed is that person that gets wisdom and understanding. Because... At the benefit of that, you have something greater than the temporal. And that, let, me, let me give you a picture. I, I, I failed to do this. So um, um, if you go online, there's a, a, a group called the Bible Project. They do lots of videos that explain things. There's two great videos on Proverbs. One um, about the book of Proverbs and one talking about wisdom in general. You can Google those, watch them. Um, but the imagery that you get in Proverbs is you have this like this wise woman that's giving wisdom. That's the imagery. The first ten chapters of Proverbs is like a father giving advice to his son. Like you, sh- if you do this, it'll benefit you. If you do this, you'll benefit. That's the first ten chapters, and then the next nineteen chapters are these little nuggets. It's literally a verse or two of just, I mean, like full on, like here's a wisdom, like it's been beautiful. Um, Al and I started this thing a couple weeks ago, just trying to encourage each other in the morning. And usually, you know, when I'm reading my devotions, I'll look for a verse for something. And then like, there's been so many times this week where it's like reading through Proverbs, which is one thing that I'm doing one chapter a day and repeating that every 31 days. But it's so cool how you'll see this verse. And I typically send the verse to Alan in its original, like the ESV, which is what I read. Um, and then I'll give it the Heath translation. So one of them the other day, and I don't remember it word for word, but my Heath translation is don't be stupid. Like literally the, the, here is the verse. I mean, it was very eloquently written. And then like literally the translation is don't be stupid. 
But it's, it, you know, and that's the picture is that wisdom is something that if we follow it, it's going to lead us to life. And that's what this imagery is, is you literally have this person that's giving wisdom like hey if you do these things now one thing to understand is that the book of proverbs isn't necessarily promises so you could read it and go because some of them read like if you do a you'll get b and that is not necessarily true because there are um and you get those balance there's a mint right there just popped out of my pocket uh there what you get is there's three wisdom books um Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. So you get a whole balance of what wisdom is. And so Proverbs is one of those where you get this advice given to those that listen. But the benefit is that if you obey, the likelihood is that you'll see the outcome that it's saying. But it's not a promise. I think sometimes we look at some things in the Bible and go, I did A, God better do B. And then we get mad when he doesn't. We get mad when we feel like we're, we're using all this wisdom, we're living the Proverbs out, and then we get a flat tire. Why does God hate? We run out of gas, even though we saw that light. Yeah. But that's what, that's what we're seeing here. We're, we're seeing this advice that's given. Now, what you'll see all throughout Proverbs is there's so many scenarios that it's giving advice. What you won't see is you won't see for every scenario. It's not like you can go, I'm going through this. I need to look up A. Um, The book of Proverbs, not all of it was written by, but a lot of it is attributed to the King Solomon. Solomon was asked by God as he's beginning his reign as king. It was like, what do you want? I'll give you whatever you ask. This is David's son. And he asked for wisdom to lead and shepherd and guide God's people. And God gives him that in abundance, which is what we get partly from Proverbs. He gives him this wisdom and all of these other things. Um, There's a story that deals with talking about the wisdom of King Solomon. There's two ladies um, they both have children around the same time. Well, one of them rolls over on their child, and the child dies in the sleep. The other one doesn't, and the lady whose child dies swaps with the lady who has the living child. And she wakes up in the morning, looks at the baby, and says, this isn't my baby. That's my baby. So they go to the king to get wisdom. Like, hey, what do we do with this scenario? Well, the king, in his wisdom, says, well, because they're both saying, this is my child. This is, you know, we're, this is, they're, that we have the correct children. And King Solomon says, okay, go get me a sword. I'm going to cut the child in half. He's not going to do that. That's the story. I'm going to cut the child in half, and I'll give you each half of a child. And the one lady who is the mother, because she loves her child, would rather see it belong to someone else than the child die. And the other lady said, well, if, I, you know, if none of us are going to get him, that's fine. So the wisdom of... Um, um, Solomon is that he gives the live child to the woman who wasn't willing for the child to be cut in half. Which, you know, how many of you have that scenario? Like, that wasn't something like, hey, in the Bible, this is, if this half, if A happens, I'm like, oh, it's the wisdom. And so the picture of what we're seeing throughout here is that there's a wisdom that God gives us through the Holy Spirit. When we interact with God, he leads and guides us through not only his word, but through his presence. 
There's, there's wisdom in what he's saying. Listen to this in Proverbs 24, verse 13. It says, My son, eat honey, for it is good. Can I get an amen? I love honey. I'm going to talk about it just for a second. And the drippings of honeycomb are sweet to your taste. My dad uh, has bees on his property, so we have some Cadell honey in the house. And there, I'll tell you, the, the, my favorite thing, put a piece of good bread in the toaster. Don't burn it now. And then you put helping, I mean, lots of butter on it while it's still hot. And you put honey on top of that. I mean, it's, it's good. Can it, like, mm, I know it's getting close to lunch and I just made your stomach angry. But what he's saying is like, oh, my son, eat honey for it is good. And, and just if you like honey, I'm sorry, if you don't like honey, I'm sorry. But if you like honey, right now you're like, yeah, it is good. Yes, tonight I'm going to have a piece of bread, put it in the toaster. I'm going to put lots of butter on it. That's key. Honey. And so this is, this is the wisdom. Say, my son, eat honey for it is good. The drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. And then in 14 it says, know that wisdom is such to your soul. That same like, mm, I want some honey right now. Wisdom is that same to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future and your hope will not be cut off. Wisdom, if we find it. Speaking of wisdom, and this is, this is written like the wise woman that's giving the advice in Proverbs 8, verse 32. It says, And now... O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. This is wisdom saying this. Hear instruction and be wise. And do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life, and obtains favor from the Lord. And here in verse 36, you don't want to miss this one. It says, but he who fails to find me injures himself. YouTube videos. All who hate me love death. Wisdom is saying, hey, if you'll listen to me, if you'll wait at my gates, if you'll hang on my words, because I want to lead you to life. Like there isn't some magic gate that you may find and all the wisdom is behind that door. What they're saying is those that diligently say, hey, I'm going to wait for the wisdom. I'm going to wait. I'm telling you, I know waiting's hard. Like we are the instant gratification people, especially Americans, especially those that have Amazon Prime. They're like, what? It's not prom? Not even looking at it. Because I want it in two days. And if it's in close, if it's close, it might be here within one day. I have a problem. I know. I ordered something on Amazon in between services for the church. Something broke. <laughs> See, you have a screen right now. First service didn't have that because it decided it didn't want to work in the middle of service. Working. Not because it came that fast from Amazon, but I report, <laughs> which would be awesome, which would be awesome. 
but ordered the replacement. But that's what it's saying. Hey, if blessed is the one who not only listens and watches daily, am I date, waiting beside, but those that walk it out. Like, that's where we're going to find life. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. The wisdom. Proverbs 16, 16 says, How much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. See, to be honest, a lot of times we're choosing the gold and silver. We're choosing the things of the world over this wisdom. But she's saying, she's saying, hey, look, wisdom is greater than those because you can have those things and miss out on the things that matter. But if you have wisdom, you get it. There's three things that I think need to happen as we pursue wisdom that we we need to kind of um, either we need to respond to. Well, the first one, uh, I think, um, we struggle with a little bit, and it's written over and over and over again in Proverbs. I think the first one for us, walking out the promises, walking out, sorry, I said promises, walking out the wisdom. The first one is fear. And you're like, oh, what kind of church is this? I know, I don't know if y'all see those signs of the, like, the scary whatever, whatever, at Halloween where you can go to this place and they'll terrify you. You'll not sleep well. Like, I'm not into that. Like, I don't want to pay someone else to scare me. I have issues enough. I don't need to then lose sleep because I paid to go to the... And if you're into that, like, I'm not judging you. But, like, I don't want that. Like, I, this is not the fear. So a lot of our concept of fear is this, like... And I did, I did this for years until I learned better. So um, the end of this month, in 12 days, I'll be married 22 years. And probably the first three years, I love to scare my wife because it's hilarious to hide and like, yeah! I mean, not like chainsaw or any of that crazy stuff, just like, boo, you know, it just, it's cute. Uh, she was adorable when she's like, ah. and she learned really quickly that if it was dark when she came out of the bathroom, that she didn't proceed until a light came on. So we, our first year and a half of marriage, we lived in this one room efficiency that literally had one room and a bathroom. So like she would be in the bathroom brushing her teeth or whatever, and I'd cut off all the lights and be hiding somewhere around the corner, which there's not much to hide in the place. Um, but she would walk out of the bathroom and she would just stand there after she learned, after I'd scared her like a dozen times. I'm not coming out in the room until you tell me where you're at until I can see you. And she was like, no. I mean, and and I, I learned pretty quickly that she doesn't like that. And for me, it's beneficial to my sanity and my happiness and my joy of being a husband to not do that. Um, Sometimes she gets scared even accidentally, which I think is funny, but I don't do it on purpose anymore. Like sometimes just my presence terrifies her. I I don't know. But Proverbs 9, 10 says this. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The fear of the Lord. It's the respect. It's not like, I mean, now there is a part of going, oh my gosh. I mean, he is the creator of the world. He is power. I mean, it's unlimited, but it's not the same type of fear. It's this healthy, 
holy respect for who he is. The fear of the Lord is understanding when he's speaking these words to us, they're meant to be listened to. They're meant to be obeyed. And so part of us walking this out is understanding that when he writes these things for us in the word, through Proverbs, through the Gospels, through the Old Testament, they're done for our benefit. The Ten Commandments weren't there to control us. They were there to bring us joy. Because in them, walking them out, we have a greater amount of joy than not. So the first part of that is you have to have a healthy respect slash fear for who God is. Because if not, these are just like, these are good ideas. These are like, you know, there's lots of people in our culture today that's like, Jesus is a great philosopher. Jesus is a great, like, oh, moral teacher we should we should listen to him and and that's dangerous because it it lessens the power of who he is when you diminish who he actually is so the first one is fear the second one i think is equally important and really i think a bigger part of our downfall is humility humility proverbs eleven two says when pride comes then comes disgrace but with the humble is wisdom. There's humility found. There's wisdom is found in our humility. The danger is that we are, are so prideful that we won't admit our mistakes. The proud person does not like to admit his errors and his need for growth. Okay, substitute his or her. I mean, we, are, we men are pretty hard-headed, but it's not just us that struggle with pride. It says, but the humble person is open to counsel and reason and ready to be corrected and follow the truth. I mean, how many of us knowing, but our pride, like we don't, we can't tell people that we were wrong. Oh, like what would we look like? I, I heard, um, I don't know where it came from, but. Um, I heard the, the measure of our maturity is how quickly we're ready to repent. How quickly we're ready to go, I was wrong. And you know what's humbling for that is having children that you have to go into. And I've done this probably not as much, much, much as I need to. But over and over again, I've gone to my children after I've lost my cool, after I've gotten angry, after something has happened and had to repent of my actions. But how often does pride keep us from walking that out? And we miss out on wisdom because we, have, we don't think that we need wisdom. We think we're wise enough. We think, oh, yes, we got this. So fear, humility, and the last one is action. Matthew seven twenty four. It says, everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus speaking, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Wisdom is hearing, hear this, and doing the word of God. Wisdom is taking what we see in here and living it out. So here, here's my challenge for us. 
Even if you have a reading plan, I want you to add something to it. If you've got a you know plan where you're reading through the Bible, maybe the one-year Bible, or reading, you have a, a, a plan that you're going through, I want you to do something for 21 days. And if you're really bold, then do a whole chapter of Proverbs. If you're like, man, a whole chapter of Proverbs might add a little bit too much, then do 10 verses. Read 10 verses of Proverbs every day for 21 days. And look for the application in the wisdom that you're seeing. And walk that out. So here's, here's two things. So if we want wisdom, if we want to see wisdom lived out in our life, we have to desire and seek it. So it, maybe you're like, man, I need some wisdom. You're sitting here and going, yep, yep, I need it, I need it. I'm struggling with this or that. The answer is going to be the wisdom that God gives us for life and for liberty, liberty and joy. But you have to desire it and seek it. It's one thing in this moment to go, yep, I need it. It's another thing to walk out of this room and seek it. To, to actually do something about it. Going, about, Yep, yep, I need some of that. Most of the time, we'll leave the room going, yep, yep, need it, need it. We'll get to our car and be like, what did he say again? So wisdom comes from desiring it and seeking it. And wisdom is found in the Word. So we must read, study, and meditate on it. Psalm 17, 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise simple. If you want wisdom, there is not going to be lasting wisdom outside, in my opinion, outside of the Word of God. It is the thing that we can trust to point us in the right directions. So you might be saying to yourself, Heath, I don't have any extra time. I refute that because we waste, and maybe you don't, but most of us in this room waste a good measure of time every day doing things that don't matter. And don't put your family in that. Don't put your children in that. Don't put your work in that, okay? Because you have to work. You need to love your family. You need to love your wife or husband. But there's a lot, of, a lot of us sit here and we just don't have time. We just don't have time. But, but if we took an honest assessment of what our day looked like, how much time we were on Instagram or Facebook or Netflix or Amazon Prime Video or, oh, oh, or Disney Plus or Hulu or all the other things that we, YouTube, whatever, there, I guarantee you there's time that you can carve out for something, in my opinion, I think it's a good opinion, that will benefit you greatly, a search for wisdom that will add life. So I read this online. Suppose you read 250 words a minute and that you resolve to devote just 15 minutes a day to serious learning, whether that's theological resources, whether that's in the Bible, whether that's in type. I mean, it doesn't even have to be. It could be like, man, I really want to get better at, like, I want to, I want to be a gardener, and I want to learn something. Just think of it through this lens. And you spend 15 minutes a day, 
reading and deepening your grasp on a subject. In one year, 365 days, you will read for 5,475 minutes. Multiply that by 250 words per minute and you'll get 1,368,750 words per year. Now, most books have between 300 to 400 words per page. So if we take 350 words per page and divide that by 1,368,750 words per year, you'll get 3,910 pages per year. You're like, lost me like five minutes ago. I'll bring it back in. This means that at 250 words a minute, 15 minutes a day, you will read about 20 average size books a year. I've, had it, I've heard it put this way. If you spend 15 minutes a day studying on any given topic, and you do that for three years, at the end of that three years, you'll be considered an expert in that field. I mean, can you imagine if just 15 minutes a day, you, you started putting into your day something that's going to benefit you greater than gardening and read all the gardening books that you can and then help me struggle. Don't like killing plants, but it just happens over and over again. There's, we found a few plants that are hardy enough to survive the Cadell house. But what if you just decided that instead of that 15 minutes of flipping through your phone before you go to bed to read for 15 minutes? That could be in the morning, maybe on your lunch break for 15 minutes. I'm just going to read and just start working through. I mean, there's great biblical literature out there. There There's more than you could ever go through. But what if for just 15 minutes a day you decide, I want to be wise. My wisdom is going to come from the Word, so I want to be in the Word, and I want to study the Word. And in A year's time, imagine what your life and faith would look like if you actually tried to develop what you knew, and then once you knew it, you started to actually live that. You started to actually go, well, this is what this is asking me to do, and I'm going to walk that out. Imagine what our world and our lives would look like. And so my challenge, uh, and I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up, is If you struggle with wisdom, if you're like, yes, I need some help. Like, regardless of what's going on in your life, you're like, man, I just need some wisdom on this scenario or this situation. I need wisdom. Wisdom comes from his word. If you're struggling with that, you need wisdom, get in his word. And let me me just, here's my challenge. Don't do it by yourself. Like, if you feel like, okay, I'm going to take your challenge, Pastor. I'm going to read ten verses. I'm going to read one chapter. I'm going to read whatever. Invite somebody else into that. Not so they can shame you if you don't do it. Not so they can, you know, whatever. Just for encouragement. Because there's something that happens when you lean over to your significant other or a friend here at church and say, I want to commit for the next 21 days to being in his word. Just ask me about it. What's cool is, like, Alan and I have started texting in the morning. Like, as I'm reading and I see something, I, I send it to him. It, it makes me think differently about what I'm reading. When I'm looking at it for something like, oh, you know, what, 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 you know, not just like blah, 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 red. 
But like if you invited somebody into it, because let me just tell you what's going to happen. If you make a decision in here and you tell no one, by the time Monday morning comes, that decision, that resolve is going to be gone. Now, there's there's probably 1% of you guys that you're like, I'll show you, and you'll do it successfully, and that's just your personality, and you're going to do great at whatever you do. But the majority of us in here need accountability to walk out something. So I challenge you, find somebody. And this could be a discussion if you're in a community group that's going to be discussing the word this week. This is going to be one of the questions, like what are you wanting to do? What are you doing? So that you can tell a group, and then there becomes some accountability for it. One last thing. Um, I said this first service, and I, I just want to communicate that at the end of the service, we have people that stand up here every Sunday. You may see them, and it, you may not make eye contact with them while you're singing, because it's like they're watching me. They're not up here to see how well you sing. They're not auditioning you for the worship team. They're here to pray for you. And the reality is most of us stay stuck in things because we're unwilling to humble ourselves and say, I need help. I need prayer. And so I just encourage you, as worship starts and people are up here, if there's something going on with you that you, you're in this cycle of like, I cannot get out of it, have somebody go to war for you. That's what prayer is. You're asking someone stronger than you to do something in you that you cannot. So use our prayer people. They're here wanting and desiring to see God do something in you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are, great, we are grateful right now that we have even the option to change our future. <laughs> and Lord, we just declare that without you in our now, we don't have a future that will measure up to anything that will be fruitful, which will be glorifying to you. But with you, we have the capacity to do anything. With you, we have the capacity to walk on water. With you, we have the capacity to bring healing to not only us, but others. With you, we have the ability to read and understand the wisdom that you've put in your word. And with your help, we have power to walk that out. And so, Lord, I pray right now, as, as we struggle with what does it look like for us to be wise, what does it look like for us to walk out your truth. Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom and discernment to not only lead ourselves into an understanding, knowledge of who you are and what you desire and what you're asking, but Lord, I pray that you would help us help others. As we walk into your grace and mercy, Lord, I pray that we would bring people into that. And so, Lord, as we worship you, I pray that you would be glorified today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.